Hello all and welcome to the We're All Idiots podcast. It's with three guys just talk about normal everyday issues we've got in the society. My name is Jawed from Perth. It's Farazul. And it's uh, Tanweer from Perth as well. Hey. Oh, we're doing, we're doing locations? I guess I'm, I'm from London then. Yes. Hello, Farazul. Hi, Farazul. <laughs> How are things? How's things in London over there? It's great to be in isolation during this period. We get to do some fun activities like this one and have a joint podcast together. So tell us how how are things in London? To be honest, it's it is sunny, which is weird in April, but um, it's it's pretty bad because uh, <laughs> we just have to spend it indoors. Yeah, and how how are yeah. people generally taking it? What are, what what are the feelings around um, coronavirus and being indoors to be honest it's hard to tell i think a lot of people are losing their their mind a little bit just being inside um you're seeing a lot more people go for walks and stuff and bike rides and people being a bit more conscious of what they're eating seen like especially on social media i've seen a lot more people do stuff um, like food kind of stuff and making food at home Mm -hmm. but um yeah i think people are adjusting slowly the first, I remember we spoke a couple of weeks ago and it was when it first um, went into lockdown and people were a bit confused. There were huge queues at um, supermarkets and stuff like that. And uh, that that point was, wasn't the greatest, but I think people are adjusting slowly. Yeah, I think they are. They, are, they have, I think they've already adjusted. I, um, Perth is a little bit different, I guess, because it's a much smaller city, only 1.5 million people. And we haven't really gone into a full lockdown. It's 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 weird in Perth because our PM keeps <clears throat> keeps saying um, we we need to stay indoors, but the shops are still open, the retail uh, businesses are still open, and they started closing voluntarily. So, yeah, it's all weird times for everyone and all. Is that generic in terms of the retail side? Is that like like normal shops, as in just high street shops are open still? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're still open. And, and even though, so we keep getting told that you can't, you shouldn't go out to protect ourselves and protect others and, you know, the, the vulnerable, but the shops are still open. They weren't advised to close, but then voluntarily they have to close because they aren't getting enough business. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think I can add a couple of couple of points to that. There's... There's a weirdness about it, but I think there's some things that make sense out of this. So if you have a look at uh, the acceleration rate at at which it's accelerating in Perth compared to the rest of the world or even the rest of Australia, the acceleration has dropped considerably from when it was, say, let's say, eight, nine days ago. It actually is a daily figure that people, uh, the local PM is looking at. Um, because it it is slowing down because of the drastic measures that we took probably three weeks ago where we completely stopped. All concerts, all large gatherings were stopped a while back. Yeah, yeah. And no, I don't disagree with it. I, I completely agree with the drastic measures. Hmm. Uh, I, think, I think we should have probably just gone down the path that India went down and they said essentials only 
and uh, and just not give give conflicting messages. That was my only thing. I mean, I yeah. Other than that, I completely yeah. The the uh, other thing that the the uh, Mark McGovern is it? No, I can't remember his name. But he he's trying to protect the economy because he can see the the number of businesses in WA is considerably more than the rest of Australia's. The actual really small and micro businesses. If you have a look at that, mm-hmm. so he's trying to. He's trying to protect some of those because they've, there's been a significant the ones that have gone under. So he's trying to protect the ones that are that are in the sort of uh, slightly above micro and going into small businesses by taking the measures that he's taken. So yes, I, I do understand that some of the some of the decisions that he's taken. Sorry, what was that? Tell me. Yeah, I think it's pretty smart because we're already seeing even if you look um, whether it's in the states or whether you look uh, in the UK at the moment. There's a couple of companies under like a lot of strain and are potentially going to go under. Some of the retail stores are already going. Laura Ashley, for example, I think they've gone into administration already. So some of them that were in a bad way before um, Corona hit, these extra few weeks of just having no income, bills are continuously going out of their accounts. Yeah. It's just taking and- them over the edge. So it makes sense to still have a, a kind of economic outlook as well and, and trying to trying to manage that situation. But then it's obviously you've got to do it with safety of the people, right? Of course. Yeah. Look, I, I completely agree. I think it is definitely to do with safety of the people that everyone needs to look at, not the businesses. Because let's face it, we're the ones that built these businesses and highways and, and you know public parks, whatever it is. It's always built by humans and we can build it again. It's just at what cost we're going to, um, you know, at what cost it's going to, um, survive the whole thing mm. is yeah and and that cost thing i think with with the cost it's not just the economic cost i think the the mental health cost that comes out of this is going to be huge because it's it, it's probably um a known fact that most people are not uh a, don't have the same awareness level and they're not as conscious as a small num- a small percentage of the population. So the, I think a lot of people are struggling, and they're going to come out of this unhealthy. They're going to come out of this um, mentally just exhausted because at the end of the day, we're human beings and we need the social um, interaction. And not everyone's going to cope as well as. Uh, as well as some of us. So yeah. That... yeah. And one of the most interesting things I I saw in the last week is Trump saying he's just going to open up everything because it's he reckons it's a numbers game. And it kind of makes sense. So I put this on, on paper with one of the guys that um, I um, talk regularly with and he's a business owner. And he had he had a phone call from someone saying that uh, his business is so bad currently that uh, it's having an effect of his on his personal life, his family life, everything, and he's about to go bankrupt because of it. And he's three payments behind on mortgage already, and it's going to yeah. affect his personal well being. And he was literally um, uh, going to say to him that he he has to find an exit quickly and it's going to be going to have to be suicide he literally said those words in his, in his phone call with him and that's what trump's saying is that it let's mm-hmm. let's have a look at the death rate around the world when it's around around about three three and a half percent 
what are going to be the death rates after the coronavirus stops and stops affecting yeah, people which is and it's hard to hard to imagine but let's say the the um, suicide rates going to rise to say 10% then isn't it better to better bet to just have everyone infected of coronavirus rather than having them die of a suicide yeah but then that's well, the thing no one knows what the effect's going to be so we're just kind of just saying ah oh, like there's a chance like people will be in a really bad way like we know the economy is going to suffer but then because yeah. of that or because of expected increases in suicide and stuff you can't just let a pandemic like this or anything that can spread and like if 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 it's just let to just do its thing and no one's going to take precautionary measures then there's going to that 3% will be the 3% of the entire globe which then reaches what 30 million yeah well that's that's the thing that's exactly the point isn't it and then the health system how how is the health system going to cope with that because how we don't know there's so many unknowns with this virus yeah yeah that's right currently the the, the death percentage um is five percent or whatever three and a half to five percent but we we just just, know i just calculated that that's close to 210 million people globally Yeah. yeah yeah and that's going to accelerate until such time as either one, most people are infected with it, or two, there's a vaccine. Yeah, but the, the whole point is, like, obviously, I think initially Trump was like, well, if everyone's going to get it, and Bor- I think Boris Johnson said, well, if everyone's going to get it anyway, we might as well just get them through the process. But then yeah. the whole point is that it's the healthcare system that's going to suffer. And then that's the back of that, if there's so many people going into hospitals and whatever for this then people are going to die from other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of like the, the, the system can't cope with this increase in, in patients. So it's about stopping it and letting people get it in a slower period. If everyone's going to get it, regardless of how or when, it will just take, instead of taking three weeks to get it, it will be stretched mm-hmm. out in months or a year. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I think most epidemiologists are, uh, uh, just sort of delaying the whole delaying the whole thing because eventually most of the population will get it, but we'll hopefully have a vaccine by then and other medications that will either kill the virus. Uh, I heard yesterday that there's a uh, there's a medication out there that works <clears throat> on parasites. It's used for lice and I think it's for topical or external use only, but it it killed the coronavirus in two days in a lab mm. so hopefully we'll have that being trialed on humans soon mm. yeah look i think that, that's again a, a quite a big unknown if you if you really put that into perspective you know because it lasts such a long time on a surface you know how long is it going to take for us to start testing and start proving and then it gets circulated into the general public and it's just going to be too long right. before anything like that Sort of takes effect. What I want to understand more is once they flatten the curve, isn't normal life going to begin again slowly? We're going to start reopening businesses, reopening public places, and of course with social distancing and and wearing masks, gloves, whatever precautions we're going to take after this happens. But isn't the curve going to steeply climb again? because they're going to be the next phase or next round of infections. No, the way... Sorry, go on, Farad. 
Yeah, I think that's what happens. I think um, I think we're seeing, again, a small increase in China right now as well, just because of that. So there will be another wave of the infection just kind of spreading again. And it'll probably be, I think, from what I remember, my veteran might have to correct me on this, but in the, in the way that these um, the virus um, develops, it will basically become slightly stronger. So the first version of it will basically go out and it'll affect a certain number of people and then it develops. Yes. And then even if everyone's got developed the immunity to that version one, it becomes slightly stronger because of the way, I don't know how biology. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not just, uh, it being stronger, it mutates, right? That's how the influenza virus works. It mutates every year and that's why the vaccine is not as, uh, as effective as the previous year's uh, va- vaccine, for example, because uh, the virus may mutate, and that might happen with the coronavirus as well. So, um, <clears throat> the if if it doesn't mutate, though, once a person is infected and recovered, the um, the the current uh, the current system or the current sort of uh, all the all the experts state that it cannot be passed on once a person is um, recovered. So yeah. as long as it, it it should be fine. Okay, interesting. It's interesting, interesting. You earlier in terms of like the business side of things as well. Like you know how a lot of people want to just get back out there and, and start again, and obviously there's certain uh, pressures that people have in terms of mortgage payments and stuff. Um, over here, they've started to do um, mortgage holidays and stuff. Have we got anything like that over in Australia at the moment? Or yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. A few banks have offered to defer mortgage payments. Um, I think all of them actually. Uh, you, you can we can defer mortgage payments because um, because of any kind of stress that you may be experiencing through coronavirus and uh, they're not even asking for too much evidence so i think everyone is sort of um cooperating and, and being compassionate mm. yeah but I, it, it, it's it's such an unknown at the moment on how we will recover from this you know even after six months how we how are we going to get back on on our feet how are the businesses going to get back on their feet and yeah just a just a little caveat on on that mortgage repayment but for the business owners, the businesses that have got loans on uh, on their you know whatever business equipment or equipment finance, those loans are not um, eligible unless there's a specific circumstance. Wow. So some of the businesses, like I own a business myself, and luckily I've been always of the opinion that we should never have a business business loan and we should try and organically grow the business and but that's a you know very conservative sort of approach to growing a business um, and a lot of people disagree with yeah. that approach um, except i guess when you're when you're in a pandemic and every business owner that i know is um you know most of them have got loans in the business and i know at least 10 that um that got refused by the banks to say no you're not you're not going to have uh, a, a deferral Unfortunately, so you know, mortgages fine, but business loans they're not giving any deferrals just willy nilly, yeah. at least not yet. The thing, our system is just heavily 
layered with debt. So if you look at it, whether it's the property industry or anything, they always they've said it for years now, right? Like they've been like, oh, the best way to grow your property portfolio is to um, double down and basically pull out all the equity that you've got in your current property, refinance, uh, and then put that all into another property. And the next thing you know, you've got like heavily layered with debt. If there's a twenty percent drop in prices, everyone's done for. So like this whole concept of, I think everything needs to be kind of reconsidered and rethought out in terms of how people use debt. And obviously, like you said there, most people aren't being so uh, conscious about how much um, how much debt they have in the business and stuff. All it takes is a crisis to basically reset everything. Yeah, reset yeah. And, and just kill everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's businesses going under around me left right and center i've got a um a business friend that has a hotel management um, business and they've gone from 95 percent occupancy down to 10 and they are now scrambling along and making their hotels good enough to be a quarantine but health departments refusing it and so they're only choosing places that are that are very suitable for it and it takes uh it takes you know a special business to be able to survive in this in this instant and it's yeah exactly it's just very hard for for businesses to survive mm. yeah yeah it, it'll be very very interesting none of us have seen this since the great depression and it'll be interesting to how it's interesting to see how we come out of it what yeah. do we th- i guess what do we all is- about the human behavior side of things um that we've seen as part of this whole crisis and how people are actually people are behaving in in terms of you know we were all a lot of people started labeling people as 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 selfish and just not seeing past their uh circle and you know we saw the fights of on on toilet paper and pasta around the world and it was just so interesting to see that a lot of people are so kind and and altruistic uh, at normal times, but as soon as a crisis hits, every everyone's on their own, and they we just start behaving like animals almost. You know yeah. what? It's not, I don't even think it's just the crisis. What's interesting is like I just thought about this now, but even when you have Black Friday sales and stuff, everyone just goes in there just fighting for themselves, and it's just a free-for-all everyone just tries to get what what they can um there was i know we we um I think we've all probably seen it the guy in the u.s that bought literally every hand sanitizer he could get his hands on and stuff like that so you've got two sides of it where people will either do their best to to profit off the back of panic and suffering and then you've got other people which like they're helping the elderly they're going out to like look after homeless people and this and that and it's interesting i think there's always going to be both sides that exist yeah always always look we're we're humans and we're we've all got different attitudes different aptitudes different different um perspectives on life so we're always going to have um those people that are just selfish and can't really see past it i think it's it really comes down to emotional intelligence um you know i have always been of the opinion that uh, you need to know your neighbors around you even if they are um, you know, hard to deal with, whatever it is, uh, everyone's got their own problems to deal with. So I've always been respectful of whoever is around. And so there are some people that are that are not respectful and they just can't see past it. But I think this kind of episode around the globe is going to change people, change people forever. 
and they're going to start to look at um, uh, being the sharing people and uh, being the uh, the people that belong to a herd. I think it's going to it's going to revolutionise how we see life currently. I think for some people, what's going to stop yeah. going back to the the way it was though? Sorry, Sorry what was that? Missed that. What do you reckon is going to stop it going back to the way it was before? Well, you know what the my my take on this is. Um, I keep thinking about this with the behavior of people and a few biases kick in, in my opinion here, because you have, you have certain number of a small group of people who, who are selfish and who start hoarding and, and just collecting all these either for a profit or to look after themselves. But you know what happens afterwards, because I actually have not spoken to anyone who's done this, but what happens is I think people go in and they see empty shelves so next time the snow the same normal person who might be just kind and altruistic and just not selfish goes in the next time and sees a certain thing on the shelf they go oh let me just get let me just get two of these or four of these because all the idiots are buying these and i may not get this for next three or four trips and if that's a single mother who who has so much trouble to actually just make it to the shops. That's that's just perfectly normal behavior, but it's like a snowball effect because that just goes, uh, th- this effect goes and just snowballs across all these people who are normal, but they have to behave differently because a certain group of people behave differently at the beginning. Yeah, look, I think definitely there's going to be a percentage of the, um, those people that are going to look at it and go, oh, cool, we, we didn't have any last time, so let's just grab a lot. I am of the third uh, quality where I think that if if I go in and see abundance of it, which of, uh, let's say toilet paper, because we actually ran out of toilet paper, and if I see abundance of it, I will still get the amount that I used to get before, and it was a month's worth or six weeks' worth or whatever it is, and leave um, half of it on the shelf and not get 12 uh, uh, weeks worth. In fact, I actually halved my my um, uh, my purchase just to leave some behind for someone someone else that has none. So I think you know there's going to be always two or three different types of people that that, that deal that deal with it differently. I think what I'm more interested in is how they're going to cope mentally with shortages with not having to deal with um you know people because people love people right you you we're social animals as you uh, as Tamway said before so how mentally we're going to cope from here on in is going to be very interesting because a lot of people don't like to spend time with themselves because they have devices they've got messages they got ping dings rings it's constant um uh, um constant stimulation that's that's happening and it's it's happening from a very young age we're, we're starting to have you know devices at restaurants for for eight-year-olds so just so they can they can have um something to do so i want to see what the adults are going to look like say in three four five months time uh when they slowly come out of isolation are they going to be changed and what what difference in attitude is that going to have um around the world there's, there's two things that I want to kind of bring to that side. So you've got, obviously, I think it really depends on how long we're in isolation for. 
because if it's if if it's three to six months let's say people will have some really strong reflection time and really look at themselves in a different way and work out okay this person um i've not seen them enough and i really want to make sure i spend this time with that person and be a bit more conscious of how they're managing and spending their time afterwards but then on the other side of it you've got um especially with with the kids like it'd be interesting to get your take on it um obviously if you you got kids and are seeing it firsthand but like just generally for them to to just be stuck indoors and trapped um a lot of parents are having to be really um creative with the way that they're spending time indoors and beautiful weather outside today for example but kids can't go out and, and play with their friends and stuff like that so yeah. i think mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting time but i think the most important thing that we have to look at is how long will this go on for because we are social beings even now we still pe- see people in the parks just getting together and obviously getting sent home and the police yeah. are out to stop it but um yeah people can't stop themselves having that communication yeah yeah look the kids aspect is a is a completely different one and i've i've got a very strong opinion on on kids i've got three kids myself with no tv in the house and we really have to get creative without without time but i think people don't understand that it's a bit of a paradox when you get rid of the tv that's when the creativity hits so it's it's when when you're bored and your kids are bored that's when you think outside the box and you start to become more creative and you know we can we get to i could talk about kids and and their occupy uh, occupying time but i think uh let's if we address that um, mental aspect first i think you're right that it's it is definitely if it's going to be from three to six months time of isolation we're going to be a, a different species when we come out of it but i think if we're if it's longer I actually have no idea how some people are going to deal with it. I've talked about it with my partner and we we kind of keep to ourselves anyway. We're kind of um, not minding the isolation bit at the moment. But I think we could probably last you know, three, six months maybe. Don't know. Again, it's a very unknown situation for all of us. But once it gets past six months, I think that's when the uncertainty really hits and I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. Mm. I actually think that's going to hit much much earlier because six months is just way too long people are already going crazy you've seen so many stories on the news and and people behaving differently you hear anecdotes as well and the other aspect that's that's going to come in is the is the racial side because you've seen people behaving differently towards um towards asians for example without even knowing which country they might be from um and obviously it doesn't matter which country they're from but it's just towards asians um i've i saw a clip the other day in sydney a couple of young asian girls being abused by this um by this drunk person on the street and 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 you know that kind of behavior is so irrational but that is brought about by all the stress and uh, just the uh, the times that we might be in, um, and if this goes on for for any longer than a couple of months, which it, which it will, so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. And I don't think help, to be honest, with with Trump basically labeling it as the Chinese virus, and if you keep branding it as something, and people adopt that kind of mentality as well. Um, but uh, it's it's just going to help help to spread that kind of racial hatred. 
Um, but we also yeah. remember reading up about it, the Black Death times. Um, this is hundreds of years ago, but the Jewish communities um, were basically dying at a slower rate to everyone else. And then they yeah. were seen being basically the ones that are spreading the disease on purpose. And as a, as a, as a result, then that result, uh, that was basically um, a time when a number of Jews were being tortured and killed across Europe. Yeah. So the same thing, like, I know we're thinking about how humans might change, but that was 600 years ago. And it yeah. looks like we're doing the same thing again. Yeah, and I think you know the, the Trump side of it. It's part of it's funny because you could you just think how arrogant is this guy to be to be labeling something like that. But if we go back to 1918, when uh, everyone knew it as the Spanish flu, 50 million deaths, or I don't know, 17 to 15, 50 million, because they really had no idea how many people actually died from this flu. But it was called the Spanish flu. Now it came out of Spain, and it's called the Spanish flu. The plague came out of India, so it, you know it's, it's sometimes referred to as India, Indian plague as well. So I don't think there's anything wrong with calling it Chinese virus, but the amount of publicity that he got is creating that racial um, abuse towards the racial people, uh, towards yeah. the um, Asian people. But you know it's definitely not right to have the abuse and definitely not right to call it the Chinese virus either. Let's just call it the, whatever the, the me, um, medical system has given it. COVID-19 or coronavirus, CVD, whatever you want to call it. But I think it is absolutely ridiculous to abuse people from Asia because of this virus. That is just so ignorant of people that are doing it. And I think it is the uneducated people that are doing it. It's not the the people that, that are rational about these things. Yeah. I think, you know, like we, we, will, we will constantly see that. Um, I, I think in any society you'll have people that think rationally and um, not in a rational way. Um, I think just just to kind of bring this uh, podcast to a, a wrap as well. I just want to get your your th- thoughts in terms of what your your not favorite part of it, but like yeah, your your highlight or or something good you can take out of the isolation time uh, and something bad you've seen um, just from your own points of views. Just to just to finish up, really. Yeah, sure. I'll just um, say for me, it it probably gives you time to just step back from it all and um, and look at the big picture. Sort of take a step back and look at what's happening. So it's it's like a little bit um, like meditation. You just take a step back and you're able to see all the stuff that was going on in your life, and um, you're not in the midst of it all. You're sort of isolating most of the time you start appreciating certain things and you start seeing things for really what they are rather than being too close to the situation and acting emotionally. So that's a big positive for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Tambo nailed it is, is meditation and looking, looking back on how we actually behave and how we can make a difference. Um, now it's not really about, of course, there's some, for some people it's about earning money and, and, and surviving, but, it's not really all about money and we can now step back and really understand why we're living the life that we're living. And I think for me, what's come out of it is being creative because every business, every person has to be now really, really creative with their time. And it's because we're placed in the situation that we're creative. Otherwise we're in this wheel of life that we come, you know, go to work from eight thirty to five, come back home, make dinner, sit in front of the TV for three hours, and then 
go to sleep. Now we're having to shift uh, our thinking a little bit and be more creative with with time and you know for one of the funniest memes that i saw was was um before covid and we had four people on their devices inside the house and now there's covid that, that has come in it's got a um, bottom picture which said um during covid and everyone's out for a run and everyone's enjoying life in the sun which is quite funny and you know now people are going to realize there is life beyond digital and um in the comfort of their homes so i think definitely it's going to it's going to make people think outside the box a lot more yeah this tech addiction is probably a topic on its own for for a podcast in future well thanks guys this has been a great chat and uh, hopefully we can we can come up with some similar topics or, and add value um, and have a good discussion yep. next time. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. If there's anyone that wants to drop any comments below, give us some ideas and thoughts of what we can talk about, any of your own views on, on um, how you guys are dealing with corona, that would be amazing to hear. Um, thanks, guys, again, and we'll speak soon. Thanks.